Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of the toxicity of purity culture. I came across a TikTok video recently done by a friend of mine um, that I deeply respect. And he had some really good things to say about the different ways that men and women are taught in the purity culture setting. Men are basically told to just hold off till marriage. Wait till marriage and you'll suddenly have your very own porn star living in your house. Not only that, but she'll be an amazing homemaker too and she'll take care of the kids. Like you'll have the picture perfect life. All you gotta do is hold out for marriage. Meanwhile, those same women, because of course they want these young men to marry young women who have grown up in purity culture. So these same young women are being told to never allow themselves to even consider the possibility that they might be sexual beings, that they might have a sex drive, that they might find pleasure in physical touch. They are told to carefully guard this abstract concept called their virginity because they could lose it. They will lose it to the first boy they ever sleep with, the first person they ever sleep with. Now, I'm not sure what happens to it once you lose it to that person. I know you can't get it back, and I know it's gone forever, and I know it's something that only happens to women if you listen to the way the purity culture talks about it. If a book that she's reading, a romance book that she's reading, makes her feel tingly in private places, she should stop reading those kinds of books because that makes her impure. It tarnishes her. It makes her dirty. If seeing people kiss in movies and TV shows makes her feel a certain way, she should stop watching those movies and TV shows. If kissing a boy makes her feel that way, she should stop kissing anybody until she kisses her husband on her wedding day. Um, you get the idea. Put yourself in a bubble and don't allow yourself to make physical contact with any other human being. Because if you find the contact pleasurable, even if it's not sexual, you're on a path to becoming impure. And then you want these women, suddenly, once a pastor has said, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and the ring is on her finger, and the vows have been said, and the wedding march has been played, suddenly, she's supposed to possess all the knowledge, the skills, the flexibility, and the experience of a porn star. Even though we would tell her that watching those kind of movies or reading books that talk about that kind of behavior is unacceptable. She's just supposed to magically acquire all of this knowledge. Because she's supposed to say yes every time he says, let's have sex. It doesn't matter if they have young children and she's been busy with them all day long and has been pulled in 9,000 different directions because of work and the kids and the kids' school had a problem and, and he came home from work and did nothing. It doesn't matter. She's not supposed to ask him for help because the kids in the house are her responsibility. But the minute he needs you to turn on the charm and to get all sexy and all provocative in the bedroom, you better be ready to make that shift or you're a bad wife. And if he turns to pornography or if he turns to a mistress to get those needs met, I promise you, somebody in the church is blaming his spouse. Somebody in the church is blaming his wife. Because if she had taken care of the responsibility she had, he never would have strayed. I don't guess that people think this way. I have heard people say these things when marriages have fallen apart in the church. Well, if she had seen to her responsibilities at home, as though he is completely blameless. Now, the reality is there's no excuse for cheating. Now, I will tell you, I don't know of very many marriages that have broken up and been solely the fault of one person. In most cases, you can find at least something that both people did that damaged the relationship, that caused pain 
and damage that was not dealt with. But there is no way in any reasonable person's mind that if my spouse chooses to stray, that it is my fault. Because that is his choice. The problem is, what men don't realize is the church is telling them that they're stupid. They're dumb, impulse-driven animals that don't know how to make a decision for themselves. They're telling women that they're really the smarter, intelligent, more self-controlled members of the human race. And it's on them to make sure that these boys, pretending to be men, stay in line. And then we wonder why so many marriages find themselves in conflict when he feels like she's trying to be a mother to him. Well, she had to do it all the way through the dating relationship. She couldn't trust him to behave like an adult when it came to how they behaved around one another. She had to understand those boundaries that the church gave to her because she wasn't allowed to set those boundaries herself. And then she has to make sure that both she and he adhere to them because that's not his responsibility. He's the man. Boys will be boys, right? So you've taught these young women all the way through their teenage years to deny their own sexuality. God forbid self-exploration happen. Don't you dare touch yourself in a pleasurable way because that makes you impure. But how are these women then supposed to come into their marriages and understand what their own bodies need to say nothing of what their spouse's bodies need? Here's the really sad part. A lot of women have never been given the freedom by themselves or anyone else to even explore what their needs might be. And yes, women have sexual needs. They have sexual desires. And for a lot of women coming out of a purity culture setting, Depending on how long you're stuck in it, depending on how long it takes you to work your way out of it, it can be really hard, really hard to look at your partner and say, I don't like this. I would prefer you did this instead. Hey, could we try this? Because it has been pounded into you since you were old enough to understand the physiological differences between men and women that you aren't supposed to enjoy that. You can't enjoy it like he does because somebody has to keep control of the behavior before you're married. And for so many women who came out of purity culture churches and purity culture youth groups, one of the biggest points of contention early on in their marriage is the sex. Because she can't help him bring her any pleasure because she doesn't know in a lot of cases, or she's too ashamed to say that she knows because if she tells him that she knows, then she's admitting that she wasn't pure when they got married. And this poor sap goes into it thinking that whatever he likes, she's going to like because surely her body's going to respond like his does. And that's just not true. The fact that the bodies are designed completely physiologically different should tell you that's not true. But sex can be one of the biggest points of argument and discontent early on in marriages that have been impacted strongly by purity culture. Because if she admits that she knows what her body likes, she's admitting to having been not pure when they married. He 
was never taught, but it was his job to take it slow with his wife and to learn what she liked and to touch her body in a variety of ways and figure out what it was that brought her pleasure. Because in a purity culture setting, the concern about pleasure is very definitely one-sided. We are taught from a very young age that men are physical creatures. Men are going to enjoy the sex more than women. And in some cases that may be true, but I know of a lot of relationships where the enjoyment is fairly equal or even somewhere she likes it more than he does and she's got the stronger libido. We do an incredible disservice to both men and women when we look at men and say, just wait till you're married and she'll take care of everything. She'll make sure that you get all the pleasure you need. Because we train them to be insensitive asshole lovers. When they may be completely fantastic lovers, if somebody ever talked to them about learning how her body responds. We teach women to be ashamed that her body responds at all by telling her that everything that makes her body feel good in that way makes her too dirty for a good Christian boy to marry. We set these young people up to struggle in an area of marriage where the church doesn't really like to have open, honest discussions anyway. And then we just leave them on their own to figure it out. Now, obviously, there is a certain level of decorum that needs to be had. There are certain conversations that should only happen between a husband and wife behind closed doors. There are certain relationships that belong between my husband and I and nobody else. But some coaching as to how to have those discussions. Real education on how the female reproductive system works. Let's stop calling it sex ed if that name gets conservatives all worked up. Let's talk about human development from the womb. Let's talk about the difference between a fetus and an embryo and a zygote. Let's talk about how conception actually occurs, what actually goes on during the different phases of gestation. Let's talk about what a woman's hormonal cycle does to her sex drive. Let's explain to boys the hygiene behind that week of the month when she's miserable and cranky. The hygiene and the hormones. Let's explain it all to them. We are so afraid of shoving kids into bed with one another by explaining how the human body works that we keep everything from them until they're married and living with someone whose body is wired completely different than theirs. Now, I know some people are sitting here going, but not all marriages are between men and women. And you're absolutely right. However, I promise you, purity culture, churches, specifically churches and youth groups that teach purity culture, are not ready right now to have the conversation about safe sex practices between same-sex couples. They're not ready to talk about that because they don't acknowledge those relationships as being valid. So as I'm talking about purity culture, yes, you will find that I talk mostly about cishet relationships because those are the only types of relationships that purity culture churches acknowledge as being legitimate. If you are someone who believes in the Bible, if you are a conservative Christian, you believe the Bible that says that God created us. He also created us as sexual beings. 
I met a woman when I was in elementary school, my second grade teacher. It was a Messianic Jew. She was a fellow churchgoer. She went to the same church we went to in Farmington, New Mexico, but she was ethnically Jewish. Now, when she became a Christian, her parents <laughs> set Shiva for her. So to her parents, she was dead. Um, she'd had a brother leave the Jewish faith as well. So she had reconnected with him, but that was the only family member that would have any contact with her. And I remember her once telling my father, the Song of Solomon is not allowed in Orthodox Jewish homes. It's not allowed to be read by women. And it's not allowed to be read by men who are younger than something like 30 or 33. Because it's too sexual. All of the foods mentioned in that book are supposed to be aphrodisiacs. They talk about letting her breasts satisfy you. And they're not talking about a nursing infant. So obviously, conservatives are reading a Bible that includes a pretty sexy book. And they believe that God inspired all of that, which means God inspired the sexy book. So why are we so terrified to teach young people a healthy respect and awareness of their own sexual being? the sensual part of themselves that was created as a full part of the package. It was created to be a part of the entire package that is them as an individual. I wonder what troubles would have been avoided in my own marriage if I hadn't come into my marriage completely ashamed of the fact that I had a body that could respond at all, much less know exactly what would make it respond the most. I wonder, for myself and for others, what types of conflicts would have been avoided if we had been taught to respect what our bodies were capable of and how they were capable of responding. And being trained to make wise choices about who we shared those experiences with. How different so many marriages today would be and how much conflict would have been avoided completely if the church wouldn't just shy away from the fact that in all of the things God included when he designed humans, a sensual sexual nature was a part of it. And he intended for it to be that way. 